Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. How many of you like Christmas? You like Christmas pretty much, yeah? Yeah? It's, you know, there's some of us, there's some painful memories associated with that. But overall, you know, we, we like it. We celebrate the birth of Christ and there's just a lot of good things, a lot of good food and all that kind of stuff. How many of you would like to kind of have a little bit of Christmas all year long? That kind of, that kind of feeling, you know, where there's, there, there's, uh, there's just that serenity and uh, the, the time with family and all of that. I think we all wish uh, for that. I know that my wife, really likes that. And so that's why we have a whole closet full of candles. Um, if you just start seeing candles out there as free gifts, it's because our house can't contain any more candles. They're just, there are scents everywhere and candles everywhere. My wa- wife loves candles. So obviously Christmas time, you know, there's a lot of candles in the Wayne's household. Okay. So let's look at this. Look at this. Luke, Luke 2.14. Let's go through a few scriptures here. This is the angel announcing the birth of Jesus. Glory to God in the, in the highest. And look at this. On earth, peace. Everybody say peace. On earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And guess what? When you come into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ, you become a son or daughter of God. God is pleased with you. That's another thing about your identity, getting water baptized. When Jesus was water baptized, the Bible says that God spoke from heaven, says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, okay? But peace on earth. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 58 or 53. Isaiah 53, this is obviously a famous chapter. It says, look, but he, Jesus, or speaking, this is a prophecy about Jesus. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him, look at this, upon him was the chap, chastisement that brought us what? Peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. So part of Jesus, part of the death of Jesus, what he died for in this whole redemption, the wholeness, the healing that his sacrifice provides for us, part of that was so that we could have what? Peace. Jesus said, peace I give unto you. It's not peace like the world. We're not talking about just absence of conflict. No, we're, we're gonna have conflict. We're just not talking about a feeling of tranquility. No, we're talking about a deep abiding peace. But here's the thing when we read this in the English about peace. When we think of peace, that's what we think of. Like fewer problems. <laughs> you know, a nice day. You know, I didn't get any big arguments in the office or what. Ever. You know, it was a peaceful day in the office. That's not what this word means. And let's go to uh, that priestly blessing in Numbers. It says, look, the Lord bless you. Here's what I'll be saying at the end of the service. That's why you do not wanna leave because you wanna receive this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Look, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you what? Peace. Let me tell you, this word peace in the Hebrew, as we've been talking about, this word is shalom. Everybody say shalom. And I want you to, I'm gonna read this definition and then I want them, well, I was gonna have them put it up on the screen, but they beat me to it. Listen, shalom, shalom. And this is actually out of my wife's book, Rhythms of Grace. She did a whole lot of studying on this. Shalom is God's box top picture of the good life. 
It is a state of abundant well-being and complete wholeness from top to bottom. Nothing missing, nothing lost. Shalom, in other words, is the way things are supposed to be. It's much deeper, much bigger, much more thorough than how we think of peace. Just, you know, like, you know, be at peace or peace unto you. No, the words that we saw there, this word shalom, it's basically when we say peace, peace on earth, Jesus gives you peace. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Uh, the Lord give you his peace. It's the Lord give you his shalom, wholeness, prosperity, the state of being complete. Look, all restored. That's what we prayed for today. When the Lord shows up with his count, when the king comes with his countenance, guess what? It's shalom to you. It's wholeness, healing, nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything's restored. Everything is made right. Everything is complete. Everything is functioning the way that it's supposed to function. It's a state of abundance. It's a state of blessing. It is not subject to the things of this world. It is not subject to circumstances in this life. It is subject to the king and being in his kingdom. And that is a peace and a wholeness and a completeness that the world cannot take away and was provided for us by the blood of Jesus through the sacrifice of God's son. How many of you want this type of peace in your home? I call it shalom in the home. Come on, you knew I'd find a rhyme in here somewhere. I have a disease, I'll admit it. It's shalom in the home. And let me tell you, you ready for this? You, parents or singles, wherever you live, watch this. You have the authority. God has commissioned you as the agent, as the doorkeeper to bring his shalom into your home. This is called the priesthood of the believer. This has been what we, this, we've been talking about this. Put, put up a couple of scriptures here. Look at 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen race. Look at this. A royal what? Priesthood. Wait, so what are you talking about? I mean, I don't wear a collar or anything like that. You're, you're saying I'm a priest. I mean, I just surrendered my life to Jesus. I'm telling you, if you'd see my home, it ain't priestly. Listen, it's not about what you've done, your actions, where you come from, your education level. Let me tell you what it's about. It's about King Jesus has cleansed you by his blood. He has given you his spirit he has adopted you into his kingdom and we now are citizens of heaven. You're a citizen of heaven. You're a citizen of the kingdom and he's called every single one of us, watch. We're all witnesses and he's called every single one of us to take authority and to demonstrate his kingdom in our home. You are not just a priesthood, you're a royal priesthood. You serve a king and a kingdom that cannot be shaken. 
And your home, I don't care how dysfunctional you think it is, your home is an outpost of the kingdom. And guess who the pastor of the home is, parents? You. Single people, guess who the pastor of your home is? Not me, it's you. The home is the first ecclesia. It's the first church. Put up this this, uh, next verse. Look at this, Revelations 1, 5, and 6. It says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth. Look, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Can you say amen to that? He's freed us. He's delivered us by his blood, look, and has made us a kingdom. Who are we? Priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He's the one who's commissioned us as priest. If you study in, in the meta narrative of the Bible and in the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, listen, God never wanted a king. When he gave the children of Israel Saul, it was basically, it's, it's they kept saying, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king. God never wanted a king. Why? He wanted them all to be priests unto him. We see this coming out of Egypt and we see as God established the kingdom calendar in these feasts, there wasn't a king. There was Moses, their leader as the deliverer, but they would all come before him. They would all present before him. He always wanted a kingdom of priests and guess what? Now through the blood of Jesus in the new covenant and then in the millennial reign, if we overcome, that priesthood is being restored. It's not after the Aaronic priesthood, it's after the priesthood of Jesus, after the order of Melchizedek. And in the millennial reign and in the age to come, those of us who have been faithful to Jesus, we will rule and reign with him. We will be priests unto our God. You know what a priest does? Watch this. I'm doing good, I got 13 minutes. Watch this. Here's what, my job, okay? So, so there's your house, there's my house, right? And then there's God's house. So let me just do it how, how I do services now. You know what my job is as a priest? Just to set everything up so that God can come in and meet with you. Do you see? I'm a steward, I'm a governor, I'm not a ruler yet. If we're, all of us watch, if we're faithful stewards, faithful governors, then what? We will rule and reign with Jesus in the age to come. This is your practice. This is your training. So watch, that means this. I'm not allowed to, when, the, when we're talking about the kingdom, God's word, the kingdom calendar, the kingdom culture, the kingdom covenant, all of these things. I'm not allowed to step in and change and substitute. And I'm not a ruler. I'm a steward. My job is as it is in heaven. You already have a pattern. You already have a prescription. My job is to set everything up. Let's get sacred space. Let's get the order right. Let's get, make sure my heart's prepared, our staff, make sure things, get everything up. Guess what? So the Lord can come in. If you look at the priesthood in the Old Testament, they would just set everything up. And man, it was brutal for those guys. I mean, it was just like, you know, 
and all of these have powerful symbolism, how they dress, what they did. You know, even things like, you know, the, 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 the people not seeing them sweat the way they did that because the Lord never wanted his people to think that serving him was a burden, okay? And it's not a burden. If you steward and do it his way, come on, the burden's on him. Church, listen, if we lead our families according to God's pattern, the burden's on him. It's an easy yoke. He knows how to bring your kids along. He knows how to restore your marriage. He knows how to heal your life. He knows how to get you a new job. He knows how to get you out of debt. He's got a power pattern for our lives if we'll just set things up so he can come in. Okay. Show the, the kingdom construct. Okay, do y'all remember this? So, I need one of those little red things. Then if I see one of y'all sleeping, I'm gonna shine it right, right in your eye. So here's the, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth is where? As it is in heaven. God, there's, you know, of course, God, King Jesus, there's the kingdom, there's heaven, those top two. Now here we come to earth. There's the regional church. It's the church universal, but it's expressed regional through relationships. Okay, there's the local church, that's us. But now look, there's the believer or the home. The first ecclesia, that's you. This is the priesthood of the believer. So if you look at this, the church, the ecclesia, remember Adam and Eve, their family was the first church, yeah? Ephesians 5 talks about this. The family is the first church. It's type and shadow of Jesus and the bride. Look, you could think this. The ecclesia has basically three parts. For it to walk in shalom as it should be, we can't just function as only a local church or we're walking in one third of the power and of the blessing that God has for the ecclesia. Do you see? No, there's three parts here. In, in awakening next year, we're stepping out in the regional church, but this is the most important. Do you see that? This is the believer, this is the home. Okay, are you ready? I got 10 minutes. Here we go. Wouldn't it be awesome if God made an appointment with your family? How many of you would like that? And he was coming in with only mercy and goodness. <laughs> You're like, man, Jesus comes to one of our family dinners. First of all, it takes about a month to try to pull that off, get everybody at the table. Then it's gonna be crazy. I don't know if I want Jesus at my family table. You know what? Jesus wants to be there. And he knows all of your issues and all of your challenges. And he wants to be there so he can love you, love your family, watch, make things right and bring shalom in your home, okay? I'm not gonna get into this today. Actually, Carrie's gonna talk about this in a few weeks, but if you look at all the latest statistics, not from Christians, these are from family health and human services, all of those kind of things. She's gonna show you that basically the deterioration of our society is because it's the deterioration of the family. And because families cannot, they don't get around the table anymore and talk, they don't come around the table and express the things that all families need to express, which is what? Forgiveness to one another when they mess up. 
affirmation. Yeah? Or just in, in getting to know one another. You know? Carrie's gonna show you these studies. Everything that is basically the deterioration of our society is because the deterioration of the home and family. The family's fragmented. We've parsoned our kids out to here. We parsoned our youth out to here. We parsoned our children out to here. Both uh, the, 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 the husband and wife work. Our society, it's like Egypt, man. It is ruthless. It is 24-7. It is go, go, go. It is produce, produce, produce. There is no time for anything. It is drive, 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 drive. Just like Egypt was. You read what the Hebrews had to go through with Pharaoh. It was 24-7 production. It was ruthless. That's what the world system does. But how many of you know we're not of that system? We're different. And we believe if we can take time and bring our family to the table, and if God has an appointment and shows up at that table, we believe that God is gonna bless our families. He's gonna bless that time. And you know what we're gonna see? We're gonna see a reverse of the curse that we have seen in this nation. But it takes, takes us being the, and functioning as the priest that God's called us to be. So are you ready for this? All right. Oh man, six minutes. Here we go. You know, God had a solution for this all along. Let me show you this, Genesis 2, 2 and 3. Watch this. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it what? Holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So watch this. That word rested, does everybody see where God rested? God rested from all his work. That word in the Hebrew is Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. That word in the Hebrew, here's what it denotes or, or, or here's what it speaks to. It speaks of a king that was standing and creating. How many of you know the Bible says that through Jesus, all things exist? By him, through him, for him, he created all things. Standing created, and then he gets to the seventh day, and then guess what he does? He sits down on the throne, and he rejoices in his domain, in his realm, as the, as the king of the cosmos. Like, whew, it's finished. I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy this day. I'm gonna rest this day. That's what that word Shabbat means, okay? So watch this. Look at Genesis 1.14. Let's go back to Genesis 1. Talking about days and times and years. Look at this. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them serve as signs. Look at this. To mark what? Sacred times. Sacred space. Let these mark sacred space, sacred times and days and years. So let me tell you something about what the Bible calls the Sabbath. And before anyone draws any conclusions, whether you th where you think I'm going, I'm probably not going there, okay? 
that I'm gonna leave some things unexplained today because I've got five minutes, okay? But I just want you to hear me this. Listen, listen. God finished, watch this. God finished his work of earthly creation. We could say that God's ministry in the earth as the creator was finished after six days, right? How many of you know that Jesus, his earthly ministry, you know, Jesus was crucified right before the Sabbath, okay? Jesus' earthly ministry, when he was crucified, what did he say? It is finished. So there was the creative work of God bringing light into the world. Then there was the creative work of God through Jesus as the light of the world. Both of those ministries on the earth had a mark when they said what? It's, it's, it's finished. And we're gonna bless this day so that there can be a day of rest or rejoicing, okay? God invites us into the heavenly realm, his kingdom for rest and rejoicing, where he brings the wholeness to our families. He brings shalom to us. He brings his peace. Why? Because the Sabbath, watch this, it is God's sacred time. He didn't bless the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth day. He blessed what day for this? The seventh. We cannot, I'm, I'm not a ruler. I can't go back and change Genesis one and two. I'm not allowed to do that. God created a sacred space where guess what? He makes an appointment with you. He makes an appointment with your family. He stands at the door and knocks. We can make an appointment with God 24 seven and he loves that. But there are sometimes, guess what? When God makes an appointment with you, how many of you wanna keep that appointment? Yeah, that's what the sacred time is. So watch this, watch this. You gotta hear this or you're gonna walk out of here confused. Let me tell you, and I'm gonna end it here. Let me tell you what the Sabbath is not. And this will make you wanna come back next week too. Are you ready? Here's what the Sabbath is not, okay? It is not the day where you have to go to church. It's not the day where you have to go to church. This is Genesis 1 and 2. There was no church. This was created. This was Adam and Eve in the garden. Guess who the church was? They were the church. It was the family. It was the first ecclesia. Now watch this. You can go to church then, but that's not what there's all this. Seventh day Adventist and seventh day this and seventh day that. That's, that's, that's Genesis one and two. <laughs> the only church was Adam and Eve and their dysfunctional family. <laughs> Just like our families. It's not the day where you have to go to church. Here's the other thing. It is not Jewish. It's not Jewish. There were no Jewish people in Genesis one and two. So, so it's not Jewish. You're like, well, the Sabbath is in the, the, the 10 commandments. Put the 10 commandments up there. Even a baby agrees with me. Watch this. Let me ask you this. Let's just go over these. Having no other gods, uh, only serving Jesus. Is that Jewish? Making uh, for yourself, uh, you shall not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. Is that Jewish? Isn't that for all of us? Let's just go five through 10. Honor your father and mother. Is, do, do only Jewish people get to have their mothers and fathers honored? How about this one? Not murder. 
Or do only Jew, is that command not murdering, is that only for Jewish people? Adultery, stealing, lying, coveting, remembering the Sabbath to keep it holy. I'm just saying, you, you wanna know, I'm gonna give you this real quick and then I'm gonna show you the other thing how it's not Jewish because I'm gonna show you what the Sabbath's not and guess what, I'm not gonna tell you what it is till next week. <laughs> then you're gonna wanna come back. Let me tell you something. Christians, until, until the church went to Rome, I'm not dissing on things, I'm just telling you. If you look at Acts, if you study the early church, if you study the didact, if you study all these things, you know, house to house, they would always, the people were the priests of their homes. They would serve communion to their family. It was very, very festive. It was very, very celebratory. In fact, the Gnostics persecuted them because it was so festive. I'm gonna show you this in Colossians. Watch this. They, it was a, a great Christians, Messianics. They would have this home, this family table where it was festive and they celebrated communion. They kept it somewhat special. And, and all of a sudden, watch this, when we get to the 300s, 400s, 500s, when Rome, when Constantine took over the church, you know what he did? He went and he stripped the priesthood out of the home. He said, no, 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 You're, you can't be priests, you're just people. You're just followers. You can't be priests, the priest is in the building. You've gotta to come to this state-sanctioned building. That's where the, you can't serve communion. What are you doing? You're unauthorized to serve communion. You have to come to this building. And in fact, if you don't take communion from us our way, you're anathema. You're cursed, you're cut off. In fact, you can't even forgive. You can't even get, eventually got to, you can't even get forgiveness unless you come to the what? The building, what we call the church, the priesthood was stripped. Communion of the believer was stripped. Communion was stripped. The Sabbath was stripped. You know, Laodicea, the lukewarm church, 363, the council of Laodicea, guess what they did? They outlawed the Sabbath. If you were called as a follower of Jesus in your home serving communion to your family on Friday night, guess what? You went to jail for serving communion to your family as a follower of Jesus. You don't think Satan had a plan to strip the, the shalom out of the home and to fragment the family? I'm telling you he had a plan and we're gonna restore God's peace to the families. We're gonna get shalom back in the home. We're gonna get you, you get, you're getting your power back. My last thing, what, this is it. Put up number three. The Sabbath is not solemn, legalistic, or complicated. It's like a mini party that God shows up. If you read in the early church, like Corinthians, some of these places, even Colossians, it's where they got in trouble. They kind of did the Sabbath a little too much. A little too much wine going on, a little too much. Think, listen, God wants to be part of a joyous celebration in your home. It's his appointment 
And in doing that, guess what? He's gonna bring healing to your home. So I've told you what it's not. Do you wanna know what it is? When it is? How to do it? You gotta come back next week. Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for today, and I thank you, Lord, that the priests, I thank you that the dads, the moms are rising up, and we're going to see shalom in our homes over this holiday season as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.